Hey y'all, and welcome to Geek Freaks. This is another one of our special episodes reviewing Picard Episode 3. I'm with Jonathan. Jonathan, how are you doing? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, so, before we get too far, total spoilers, of course. Uh, but Jonathan, what did you think of this episode overall? Um, it was pretty good. I, I felt like it didn't pick up as much speed as I had expected. I thought this was going to like wrap up the intro, build the cast of crew or whatever, and, and just launch us into an exciting adventure. But yeah. it was still just kind of the same slow acceleration of the story. So not as exciting as I, I was hoping. It's so funny that you say that because it really does feel like the third part of the intro, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think the final words of the of this episode, we'll, we'll mention those at the end here. But I think that's literally put in to kind of be like, okay, and we're starting now, you know? Yeah. Uh, and the episode's called The End is the Beginning, and it feels like it should be the other way around, like the beginning's ending. <laughs> like, that's what it should be called. So, yeah. yeah. So I think they're terrible. trying to go ahead and warn people, like, yeah, we know this is taking a while to get to take off, but just hang in there. It's coming. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of have this this crew forming up, and we'll talk ahead of, of what we're going to be doing in the, with the plot here. But mm. I, I was noticing something. When you take this crew and how it's forming – if you were to take Picard out of it, doesn't that crew still feel pretty solid? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Uh, what was her name? Rafi could be the, the captain, I imagine, if Picard wasn't in the picture. Um, but I think, I mean, him with his age and wisdom and stuff, you kind of you kind of want a leader like him. So, but yeah, I think they'd be a little more reckless, but it'd be pretty cool to see. If I were to pick, it'd be seven or nine. It's gonna be the captain. Ah, uh, that's true. And I think that Rafi is going to be kind of this like problematic, uh, always dealing with you know her own issues. Looks like she's addicted to snake leaf and gambling. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that'll be something there. I don't know. It's it's good cast. It's good cast crew right here. Interesting. Yeah, I I think Seven of Nine though she she'd be cool in the lead role. I don't know if she like her character would choose to be a captain. I think she's a little more of a free spirit renegade that would just want to you know, take control and, and do things her way and not follow any kind of code or anything like that. You know, what I mean? you know who that sounds like is in Discovery, the mirror captain in the second season. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what she'd be like. Ah, man, I don't know. They got something good going here. Yeah. OK, so like before, we're still kind of workshopping this new way of reviewing things, but we'll go over the five big uh, moments throughout the show. So we're going to start off with number one. This is the intro. Uh, we have a younger Picard and Rafi, and they're discussing this is post-Mars attack. Uh, mm-hmm. Starfleet has banned all synthetics, and Picard wants to investigate farther. He threatens to resign, and they're like, okay, we'll take your resignation. So Picard resigns. He's kind of in shock by this. And then Rafi finds out that she's fired because of his resignation. She's like, you know, one and on with him. Uh, what did you think of the scene and, and what this had set up? Um, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like a very impactful scene it was just a very good way to me to just give us some backstory and fill in some of the gaps of what we don't know yeah um so it wasn't like a aha oh my goodness kind of surprise or nothing but it was good to see that like uh it it kind of built in a connection with rafi and exactly and leads to her later you know uh confrontation with him i guess what do you think about because the last episode we've had this as well what do you think about them always starting the episode with a flashback like this so far, I, I like it just because we're, we're still lacking so much information. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think later on, once we're you know deep into the plot, you're not going to want flashbacks so much. It's a, a recap of the last episode is great, but uh, to just start with flashbacks of 
you know, years past. Uh, I don't think it'll be necessary once you get deeper into the story. I think we're learning that this show is not following the like uh, main Star Trek or especially like TNG's format. And so I'm thinking the format of this show might actually lean into something where uh, it could start with this like look back at something uh, in Picard's life or whoever's life and then that become the catalyst for the episode. So like maybe I'll, I'll use Voyager uh, in terms for this. So say we start off with Seven of Nine uh, learning about the Borg having like a place where they all dream and stay together in this perfect world. And then she has that in the beginning. And then the rest of the episode is discovering this Borg cube where they're weirdly not connected, but yet they all talk together at the end and they're creating this uh, rebel alliance, you know? Resistance. Resistance, that's the word I couldn't get out of my head. Um, But you know what I'm saying? Like, what if that's kind of their thing is like every episode they start off with kind of like a, a look back at how this character is most suited for what's coming ahead. Yeah, and that makes sense. Do like a, a quick foreshadowing or like a brief kind of outline or, or yeah, foreshadowing. Yeah, foreshadowing, yeah, I think it's best. But that would be very much uh, like Star Trek has done in the past. And I like we talked in the first, second episode, I don't know, one of the last ones we talked about, mm-hmm. uh, about how the previous Star Treks, you know, you had that 20 second commercial or whatever to hook people and get them to watch that one episode. So that one episode had to be a story arc and had to have, you know, beginning, middle and end where right. nowadays, I think because, you know, Picard is such a well-known name and Star Trek has such a great reputation. People are going to watch this just because of the the name. So you don't have to, you know, begin and end in one episode. I think you can yeah. have a long ongoing story arc uh, without having to like placate to the viewers. So so rapidly or so dramatically. So I, I don't, I don't think, or I'm hoping it doesn't do that, you know, uh, short story arcs between each episode. Cause it just seems kind of cheap sometimes. I'm okay with that too. As long as we have discovery, you know what I'm saying? I like, I need that Star Trek fix. I like those mm-hmm. short stories that get to the point. So as long as we have discovery doing that, then I'm okay with Picard doing their own thing. You know, it's great that they're all both in the same world, but I loved that. It's part of the reason I love Star Trek is you sit there, you get a complete story, and then for the rest of the week until the next episode, you're sitting there pondering, like, man, are all the holograms their own life forms? And, you know, stuff like that that you think about it the entire time. So yeah. I'm hoping something like that. But anyways, yeah, Discovery does that. Uh, it does, In the scene, two things I wanted to bring up. First off, the Starfleet uniforms looked really awesome. Did you notice those? Uh, from the flashback? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't pay attention to that. Yeah, they're a little different. They kind of got the more detail to them. Yeah, they just looked really cool. So that was just a side thing. And uh, the last thing is, did you notice, if, to me, it seemed like they kind of used some like de-aging technology on Picard himself, on Jean-Luc. Yeah, yeah, he definitely did. I mean, I don't know if they're trying to age him up at any point. I think he's normally, the, you know, his older version is his natural self, but he definitely yeah. looks younger in that flashback. So he maybe it like- was just me. It was probably, probably de-aging, uh, you know, CGI. Yeah. He looks like early Professor X. To me, yeah, and those, yeah, that level of uh, of Patrick Stewart there. Okay, yeah. next big moment we have uh, Picard is trying to convince Rafi to help him. Uh, Rafi's life seems to have gone downhill since since leaving Starfleet. She's apparently growing this thing called Snake Leaf, and I think it's a drug for them. She looks like she might be smoking it. Uh, and then later on, we have hints that she's into gambling now. Uh, mm-hmm. Picard, we learn, uh, knows. We learned that Picard knows about the, the Romulan secret police and that they must be working with Starfleet. It's the only way they could be working on Earth. Uh, and then eventually, Rafi offers up a pilot named Rios. 
Uh, from this scene, did we learn anything uh, uh, interesting to you? Um, we we got to learn, you know, well, we already heard a little bit of Rafi's backstory of how she lost her job, but we didn't know until then that it led to a downward spiral. And uh, she mentioned too that she had concrete evidence that there was some conspiracy in the uh, Federation to, um, to I don't know how to hack, I guess those. Uh, synthetics and and cause the attack on Mars. That's a good point. Yeah, and so that was kind of interesting that she she was a one of Picard's ride or dies, and then you know she lost her job because of you know his actions, and then she got shunned from Starfleet when she started talking about you know this kind of stuff, and now she's look she's living in which stage production is really cool. <laughs> how, yeah. I love how they, they build these sets, but she's living in what's basically a, a mobile home out in the middle of the desert somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but space, a, mobile a home. space mobile home. Yeah. It's like, like a portable space lab or something. It's so funny uh, that it looks like it's from the future and yet we can tell what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, we get it. <laughs> future poor people look like. <laughs> yeah, which, um, you know, that's kind of funny because if you think about it, like I, they got rid of currency. So what is poor in this universe? I don't know. That's kind of yeah. weird. That's true. I mean, yeah, that's hard to understand. How would life, how would interactions work with no currency? I mean, you have to have stuff. You'd assume she still has a replicator. You know, it's like a common thing that all humans have, I think. (laughs) So it's weird that she would be considered poor in any way. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. But she was also uh, drinking, too. You mentioned the the snake. uh, Oh, yeah. She was drinking. Snake leaf. And yeah, so she's got several vices. That'll be interesting. That's the only reason she talked to Picard is because brought, he brought the wine. Yeah. So. Good excuse to talk. Next big moment, Picard meets with Rios on his ship. Rios is getting shrapnel removed from his uh, shoulder from an EMH that looks like him, which I'm already excited. Uh, uh, it was ENH. I was going to say, nav- yeah. I, yeah. What, what was it? Uh, emergency navigational hologram. Navigational. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Um, there was a moment that I really liked where Picard almost sits in the captain's chair. Did you catch that? Oh yeah, yeah. He kind of glanced at it and he's like, you know, reconsidered and walked onto the. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Well, well, that means they're gonna pay that off later on. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, and then the ENH convinces Rios to to join Picard. And another thing I liked is that it's almost like the ENH is the perfect version of him. He has this really nice British ac- or uh, uh, it's like Scottish or Irish accent. I think Scottish. And he's like got a really nice, well done hair, and he seems like his clothes is well done. And he's sitting there talking to Rios, who's like, "I've lived on the edge for too long," you know. So I wonder if. And Picard had even mentioned, like, your ship's immaculate, so you're definitely Starfleet through and through. You're just pretending to be this outlaw. Um, it's a facade for you. So I wonder if that ENH was created back when he was a really good, you know, member of Starfleet or something like that. And it's just kind of now always haunting him, also being his best friend. You know, it's kind of an interesting uh, friendship there. Yeah, I, I like it. I think it's going to, you know, play out to be a good narrative because that whole kind of back and forth is kind of like uh, Han and Chewie seems like to me yeah not to not to turn this into a star wars thing but uh it, they seem to play off each other well it'd be funny well this it this does feels like the most star wars-esque star trek property so far you know what i'm saying that they they're outside of starfleet this whole time which is i mean that's like so star wars or yeah star wars mm-hmm. yeah i wonder i wonder if they're i wonder if they're doing any of that intentionally if they've seen you know star wars success recently and trying to borrow some of their ideas or something 
Yeah, I think it's all about diversifying. Like even the next Star Trek show is going to be a cartoon that's called Lower Decks. It's about like the people that just work on the ship, not necessarily the heroes. And it's like, okay, so you guys are giving us the office, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so they're just like, let's just keep playing in this universe, see what we can make. Yeah. I mean, people love it, so right. as well keep filling it in. I'm totally on board. Yeah. Okay, so meanwhile, uh, the next uh, next plot point here is all the board cube stuff. Now we had talked about this beforehand. I'm just I'm not totally entertained by all the Borg stuff yet, which is crazy because I love anytime they have anything to do with Borg. But this storyline seems a little slow. How are you feeling about how this whole Soji and the Borg things moving along? So visually, it's awesome because the technology is immaculate. The Borg is a uh, the Borg uh, cube is an awesome setting. It really is. Um, yeah, that's true. But yeah, the story is just kind of slow between them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're trying to build up a little bit of suspense or kind of creep along to keep you wondering or guessing. Uh, but yeah, I think it could move a little faster. Yeah, I would totally uh, agree with that. They're having that little romance between Soji and the... Narek. The Rob, Rob Miller guy, yeah. And, uh, but he's, you know, using her and... Uh, I mean, this yeah. was interesting where, where now we saw from her that she's starting to know things that she shouldn't know or didn't yeah. know she knew so uh it's she hasn't quite been activated yet uh, necessarily but she's warming it seems up. like she's realizing yeah she's realizing she's more than she thought she was yeah and we learned that she's researching something called the shared or she's refer- she's calling it the shared uh framework which i i'm wondering if that's kind of like the borg network there where they could all talk to each other through the borg network I'm not sure what that means, what the shared framework is. Do you have any ideas on what you may, what that might be? Well, there was, uh, like you kind of talked about earlier, Unimatrix Zero, where they would all dream together. Mm-hmm. And there was also um, there, the episode where Chakotay landed on that planet that had uh, former Borg, and they would uh, connect themselves in a small hive link of, you know, 30 people or whatever, and they would use their uh, mental energy or kinetic energy or whatever to help heal one another. And with that, their so their colony good. was able to yeah their colony was able to bond and and work together real well and so yeah. So it sounds like that's what she was referencing is that uh, that with having a mental link between you know some people without having a dominant you know controller of it or whatever yeah. um, has medical advantages or medicinal purposes to it. Yeah. So, so hopefully it's like almost like a natural bond more so than the queen controlling them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, she speaks to what they're referring to as an XB uh, Romulan. How do you like that term, XB, like X Borg? Yeah, I can I can roll with it. I mean, it just seems a little, little forced, but yeah. yeah if you're dealing with former Borg, you'd, uh, you'd probably go with an XB. It just kind of makes sense. Yeah, it does feel a little bit like let's be cool now. Yeah, let's get edgy. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's just put E in front of it because it's on the internet now. Yeah. So uh, we're sitting here, and she's talking to this this XB uh, Romulan who apparently has like tarot cards and is able to see the future. Yeah. She knows that Soji, what Soji is, and kind of freaks out that she's about to shoot herself. Uh, Soji yeah. moves quickly, quicker than she's supposed to be able to move, and stops the suicide. Uh, do you think she just exposed who she is when she did that? Well, I think the people around her, or at least uh, her boyfriend there. Mm-hmm. Uh, knew exactly who she is and what she's capable of. She just doesn't know yet. Um, so I think it's just she's kind of slightly exposing it to herself. Um, but I, I, I don't know. That's not. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really uh, 
do a whole lot. It's going to take, it obviously it's still going to take a little while more uh, reactions from her or more insight before she actually cracks open and uh, realizes she's been activated or anything. All right. And last bit or last big moment is, uh, you know, we see Picard kind of saying goodbye to the Chateau, uh, saying that that really wasn't the life that he, he was hoping to be able to live that life, but he couldn't. And suddenly the Romulan secret police attack and uh, it's a mess. They fight him off. I do like how there's like hidden guns underneath tables and stuff like that. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, one thing I noticed right away too is that the Romulan uh, weapons, their blasters, whatever, uh, seemed to like burn into the chest because, oh, of course, it was only the Romulans that were getting hit with fire. Um, but they leave like a burn mark in the chest, which obviously looks like a shoot to kill, like a set, set well, to kill mode. Uh, while Picard's guns have like a, a blue energy and it's like absorbed in your body, it's just like a shockwave. So, like their guns are uh, set to stun. So I just noticed that right away off the style of the weapons because that was one of the first things I was uh, excited to see. It was more more weapons. That's a keen eye to catch that. That's smart. I didn't notice that. I didn't notice really the difference in the weapons too much until Dr. Agnes comes in and, and fires the, one of the Romulan guns, uh, killing somebody. And they mentioned yeah. like, they don't have a set to stun. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, exactly. And so she's like, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> Uh, they end up tying up one of these Romulans and they're interrogating him, but he, you know, he ends up freaking out and, and spitting acid and dying in this acid mess that was like, it's a little bit much. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. Dr. Agnes says she wants to join Picard's crew and she reveals that, you know, she told, uh, uh, Commodore O that, you know, oh, I know everything that's going on, but she didn't say that she's going to join. So now we know that, Com now Picard knows that Commodore O's on it. And so now he has somebody basically chasing him through this whole thing. Uh, what did you think of that whole sequence right there? Um, it, I didn't have any problem with it. It was uh, it wasn't necessarily forced either. It just needed to come out, so it wasn't uh, really exciting. I did like how she had to kind of like sell herself, yeah. and really in the back of my mind, I'm thinking Picard's like jackpot. I got somebody who wants to join the crew yeah. for free. <laughs> isn't isn't it kind of run away? And she's you know an expert in uh, synthetic, so. I thought that was just kind of funny. And he has this like smirk on his face. Like, of course I'll, you know, let you join. It's, it's your right. suicide. And I like how, you know, a lot of people will compare things to the D and D rules. And so she would be what's considered lawful good. Someone who's just like the paladin of the group, you know what I'm saying? So you're going to have a bunch of these people that are all outside of the law, even Picard at this point is outside of the law. And then you have somebody that's like, uh, guys, that's the prime directive. We can't mess with that. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to those, those interactions in the future. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, everybody gets on board Rios's, Rios's ship. Rios's? Yeah, Rios's ship, whatever. Um, and we have a full crew now. We have Rios, Picard, Dr. Agnes, and then Rafi joins for now. We learned earlier on when Rafi's doing the research that there, uh, uh, this Bruce Mat Maddox is on free cloud. And there's some sort of gambling, some sort of like dice being rolled. So that's why I think she's probably going with him to go to the casino, maybe. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, so I... I didn't read uh, what she was reading on the screen. I tried, quickly, yeah. So I don't, yeah, I don't know what she, did she just, okay, to me, uh, the way it looked was that she just got some junk mail that happened to be an advertisement for a casino. <laughs> so she's like, oh yeah, you know what? I forgot I'm addicted to gambling too. I haven't been to that casino in a bit. Let's uh, play this one as a free trip, you know, for me to get over there. So that's what I was thinking is maybe she's lying about knowing his whereabouts and this is just so that 
she can get dropped off and left for that, dead or whatever. That's in very interesting. That's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, once they get there and they're searching for him and then, you know, he's not there and this was just her ploy to take advantage of them, rob the ship or whatever and stay on this, uh, stay on this gambling mm-hmm. planet. So, yeah, they're looking for this Bruce Maddox. He's definitely been somebody they mentioned a few times. He's the reason that Data apparently had kids. Uh, it's been bugging me, though, this whole time. Finally, I had to look it up. Has Bruce Maddox sound familiar to you while you're watching the show? The name? Uh, nothing. No, not really. I can't think of it. I had to look Bruce it up. Man. It's driving me nuts. Bruce Mathis is the name of D and Dennis's dad oh yeah his her real dad yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. so i'm sitting there just like what is that name from so i thought maybe it's like a voyager name or something like that or an old tng name no i'm just thinking of next of it's always sunny in philadelphia (laughs) (laughs) nice yeah i'm sitting there like uh is is it the one who created the doctor no that was i don't know no i know it's just bugging me for like the last two episodes and i had to figure out what the heck is this so after some research i'm like i'm so dumb (laughs) Uh, okay so that's that's our episode there looking into the episode we got coming up and oh by the way the final shot of the episode we have to mention that the crew's all in place and they look to Picard and Picard finally says engage and it feels like okay engage time to start the series up what did you think I, I kind of felt like they had a <laughs> though they spent three episodes building I I don't know I thought they they didn't really have everything built up but hey, they're ready to, to launch into warp let's well go. it's funny you mention that because when you look at the next episode they're going to a planet where they're going to recruit one more guy uh but because yeah. it's another planet it does feel like okay we're into star trekking uh he he's some sort of like half vulcan half elf i think he's got a sword that the picard's talking about like will you swear swear your sword to me or something like that uh yeah it looks full-on like Ninja Samurai. To me, order. he looks like he's from Rivendell, so I'm pretty excited to to meet this character because a Vulcan elf is like everything I want. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so overall, what'd you think of the episode out of a hundred? What would you give it? Um, uh, I don't know. I'm really bad at rating these things without having like a, a broken score yeah, tree or something. That, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, it was it was good. I didn't have any problems with it. It wasn't, uh, you know, it was just kind of kind of slow again. But it did get a lot of information out there, you know, building up the story. Uh, so I'd probably say like eighty-five. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll because we finally got some like actual action in it. So I'm gonna go like seventy-nine. Uh, still in the seventies because I mean I'm ready to start this thing up. But at least we had some action and. I felt like we we finally capped things up. We got to meet more of the crew. We kind of like ha- we have a crew, you know. That's good too. Um, so I think you know I'm going 79. They're gonna get into the 80s once they actually start doing some Star Trek stuff. So that'd be nice. All right, yeah. All right guys. Well, that's it for this re- right. uh, review, man. Is there anything else you wanted to say? That's no, it. that's all right, guys. We'll see you guys on Monday. We have another or on Tuesday. We have another episode coming out. That's gonna be uh, our better Oscars episode. And then uh, on next Thursday, maybe Friday, we'll have another Picard review. We'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.